we are recording, so we can kick this off whenever. I'm not going to do the intro. Yeah, that's it, Sam. Sam, that's you, buddy. Oh, I'm doing it? Oh, crap, okay. What are we calling this? Is this a podcast? Red. It's awesome. Clash. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Red Talks Clash. My name is Sam, and I am here with Congressman Cool Rick. And today we are joined by two very special guests. We've got Exorcist and Ninja, both pro players in Clash of Clans. And uh, yeah, we've got a great episode coming off. We're going to be discussing the meta, base building, attacking, updates, absolutely everything. We've obviously had Town 16 still relatively recently. This is a ton of great stuff to talk about in that respect. Um, Exorcist Ninja, do you want to introduce yourself? Tell people just roughly who you are, your experience, who you played for, all that stuff. Um, yeah, so hello everyone. Uh, thanks for inviting me here. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I mean, probably the majority of the people know, but I'm playing for Tribe Gaming now already in the fourth year. I can't even believe that number myself. That is impressive. Um, uh, yeah, we've been three times to the World Championship. And yeah, besides that, um, won uh, a lot of other tournaments like the uh, Euro Mina tournament. And uh, yeah, I really enjoy um, the game still. and. Um, yeah, it's my passion that turns out into like a little job, but it's it's still like uh, I really like to do it every day, and um, it's a great balance to the rest of my day where I'm studying at a university. Um, so yeah, I really really enjoy this uh, uh, yeah whole clash universe. It's yeah just something to um, yeah get a little bit of of balance, and I met lots of nice people at all the offline events, and um, yeah, it's cool to be part of it. Awesome, then do you wanna? Give yourself a nice little introduction. Yes, yeah, sure. So my name is Ninj. You know, I'm still in high school, so doing all this class stuff is pretty normal for me because I have more time than others may. And <laughs> I recently started off because, like, I just turned 16, so that's that was like the benchmark to start playing. But yeah, I play for VM Legacy, and my most accomplishments-wise, the most amazing thing that's happened was probably playing on a live stage in Seattle for ESL North America, like last September, which was probably the best part. Yeah, brilliant. So obviously quite a lot of experience uh, in this in this chat, definitely more than me and Rick. So yes, yeah, we'll just get straight into it. So I think we've kind of, we kind of sectioned it off. So we've got questions on base, uh, base layouts, meta, questions on the attack meta, and just general other questions. We're also going to be getting you guys in the audience to ask some questions. So that'll come later. So just take, you know, 40, 50 minutes, think of some good questions, and we'll ask you for them near the end. Uh, so we'll kick right into it with thinking about, we've just got a new town hall. We've just gone from town 15 to town 16. We've had uh, new balance changes. We've had a new troop, a new pets, hero equipment, obviously being the big new change. Um, and just generally, how has that affected the whole base building process? Either of you can take this away. I don't mind. Uh, I'm not building bases, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. So for me, basically, I used to build the bases and I still do. But last year, I was focused on it a lot more than this year. But from what I've seen this year and from what I've built at RH Base Building especially, is that most of the bases need to be having different aspects than they used to before. Like for now, they... Like back in the day, like uh, on Tower 15, it was always like three multi setups and rage towers. But now, if you're focusing on the Legends League aspect and stuff as well, 
you'll see a lot more single target infernos and poison towers coming back because the two most common attack strategies right now are probably root rider spam where you just drop a line of root riders and also super archer blimps so those two strategies are making a big comeback in this new meta and it's important that you adapt the basis to stop that more and that's just what we've been focusing on how much building are you doing these days um i still do it actively like i said at rh base building mostly and it's it's that like right now with the state of the game it's not really worth building a whole lot but more so about tweaking, like having a really good base and then seeing what's the most common entries on it. And that's just being able to adapt the traps for those entries and making those entries harder in specific. It's just like more of the best things that you can do right now. Because the newer the base, the less like predictability you have on what they're going to do. It's just about like testing the base and seeing the most popular attack strategies on it and then baiting those. I've seen a lot of people questioning whether or not it's really worth it to, to be spending money right now because of how offensively heavy the meta really is. So, um, like, what do you think the benefit is in having a much better base? Is it just that that it you know has a better chance to defend a little bit more, or are there things that are straight unstoppable? Or I, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. So the way I approach this question would be like. Right now, if you're in Legend League or just like closer to the top level in the rankings right now, you'll notice that almost everyone has the same base. And the issue with this is that like, you know, we have some people in the community like Itsu whose bases get super popular immediately and everyone just ends up running the same one. And when you're running the same base, it gets known. People definitely see it a lot more often and they find their cracks to it very much quicker. And when there's this many people pushing high cups and they find the cracks quicker, the less predictability you can have on those players who attack you. And on the opposite end, if you have a fresh base that you bought from RH, for example, then there's a higher chance of getting a defense because people haven't seen the base before. And it's just better because you know that the builders there are always going to be testing the base for the meta that's like in the game at the moment. And I think it's just better if you have a fresh base rather than an old one because it's not necessarily the same thing because people have seen the old bases a lot more than the new ones. Yeah, so obviously kind of all this has been centered around is it even worth buying a base because the hit rates are so high? And I know obviously both of you are pro players, so you kind of view the game probably a bit differently to the average player as... I expect casual players will be thinking, great, the hit rate's higher, people are getting three stars more, wonderful, the game's easier. But I imagine you might see it in a slightly different perspective. I wondered if, uh, Exus, do you think the balance is kind of right these days, or is it just too, is the game just generally too easy? Oof. Uh, I mean, if you ask me, I have a pretty clear opinion on that. Um, I'm, I guess maybe uh, some more casual players uh, will... Uh, yeah, not or uh, will disagree with me, but in my opinion, the game is way too easy right now. Um, mm. The root riders coming in, and also the, the new equipment, uh, for example, like the gonglet um, or the spirit fox, the new pet that got introduced in, um, in Town Hall 16. I think the uh, yeah offense is just way too strong, and there is just no defense that can counter those uh, um, new uh, the, the the new stuff. And like anyway, um. Therefore, I think um, we, we really have to see some balance changes coming up, in my opinion. Um, otherwise, the esports scene or the esports um, yeah, year 
is not going to be that interesting, in my opinion, uh, unless someone enjoys watching 40 to 15 all year long. <laughs> um, but I think for the casual players, it's probably nice because they just get more triples and uh, yeah, can get higher uh, scores. Um, on the other hand, they will also get higher defenses if they are in legend. Um, but I mean, for me, it's always like, um, well, what is kind of missing since Town 16? You always had like, or not always, but often you have like the, um, that, that you're going into an attack and you really want to three star the base. And when you three star it, you're happy because you three star it. But mm. when three starring is not even a challenge anymore at some point, then you're not happy in the end of the attack. And that's just a problem many people have. And it's just impossible to defend. Most wars just get decided by some people making very um, uh, small mistakes, or, or, or not smaller, making some mistakes with which were not uh, on purpose. And yeah. Um, yeah, such single mistakes can cost them the whole war because that's the only attack that's going to fail. So I know you mentioned that the balance is kind of off. Uh, is there any specific changes you think, you, if say, if you were placed in charge of Supercell right now, are there any specific changes that you would make to uh, the balance of the game? Uh, I think the root riders surely have to be nerfed. Um, that would be number one. Um, they are they are way too strong, and um, you basically have not a single defense that can counter them in any way. Also, then destroying walls is just unnecessary. I think you could easily remove that. Um, that they can just like an open hawk riders jump over the walls. Um, that would be a suggestion I would have, um, and of course make them less tankier, because they are just troops that are not usable anymore. There are troops in the game which have like per housing space less hit points and less damage per second than a root rider, and the root rider is just in any set better. For example, I think the giant is worse. Um, or I think also the root rider. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it has more HP than a golem. Is that correct? It might do, but then obviously the golem, the golem does have golemite, so I guess it kind of balances out a bit there. The golem does not damage at all. Doesn't does not not damage at all, and the, the root rider has the the aura damage. So nothing. The root riders would be number one thing. Second thing, the gauntlet. Uh, I mean, we have seen the king doing like the splash damage with the pet um, when the yak was doing splash damage back then. Um, hmm. I think that is just way too strong. Um, usually, you count the king with ground jellies, and um, I mean, giant bomb. Giant bomb is now um, no, not really needed anymore since people are not using the barbs. Um, but the king just one shotting everything, and that is like around three tiles from its hit, is just um, yeah too strong, and you can't stop a good king. Um, and this is also having good offense uh, troops is not not really the um, the problem. The the thing is that the defense also needs some mechanics to counter those troops or mechanics in the offense part and i think this is yeah not the case at the moment how useful do you think the gauntlet's still going to be once they fix the the glitch um that the the glitch that the king is invincible after the vulnerability yeah yeah do you think that's really going to hurt the gauntlet or do you think it's still going to be probably the best equipment to have on the king uh i think even when the glitch is fixed uh, the gauntlet will still be the Best pet, uh, the best equipment by far. Yeah, I think it, it just makes the gauntlet even stronger, but even without the glitch, uh, it's not going to change. I mean, I personally have never used the glitch really since I'm playing Queen Church Lalo in Legends. Um, I, I'm not sure how, why it takes so long for them to fix it. <laughs> yeah, it has been a while. So, th the other thing you kind of hinted at was once we start adding more defense levels, it, that might counteract some of the, some of the root rider stuff. Uh, do, do you think? we need more defensive levels and a root rider nerf or 
will just new defense levels kind of do enough? We really need both or or a significant root run enough. Um, with, without that, um, it's not gonna work out. And there are things people forget you can tend to forget about. Before the update, we had a huge problem with super barbs. Have the super barbs? They got a new level, and nobody is using them. Why is nobody using them? Because there are just other troops that are way much uh, stronger. But super barbs are still way too OP, and they are at least as strong as on Tunnel Fifteen. Um, and there's just so many good things that the base cannot possibly defend all of those. And that is just yeah, a problem. The, the meta is completely off right now. And uh, for me, the game is not enjoyable at all at the moment. So I was just thinking, in terms of you saying the Root Rider is almost impossible to f- defend against, I kind of want to go to Ninja here, because obviously when you're building a base, even if you think it's mostly impossible to defend against, you've still got to try something. So is there a- any sort of little tricks you try to do to defend against what is now the most common strategy, which is Root Riders? Okay, I'm I'm not going to lie. I've tried a lot of things, but there's always going to be like one variation that's going to triple. Because like, if you think about it, Root Riders is a part of the problem, but then there's also like the armies that offspring from Root Riders, which is Queen Charge Root Riders, Super Archer, Blimp Root Riders, just Root Rider spam by itself. And when you try and defend one of them, the other army type is going to just triple because like it's impossible to stop everything as we found out from like especially last Legends League season because the main thing with this is that when you try and do poison towers and multi-infernos for example let's just say then the queen charge root riders are going to have a lot more success because obviously you have multi-infernos and queen charge is very easy versus multi-infernos but when you change them to single infernos then you have armies like the Root Rider Smash or like just the Root Rider Spam, where you have skeleton spells, which is just busted against the single infernos. So there's like no real way to stop all different types of Root Rider armies. It's just about like finding the one that like you're getting attacked by the most if it's Legend League or if you're preparing for a war, then you probably want to have a base that's stronger against your enemy's most common attack strategies. So it's just about analyzing right now who your enemy is or what you're getting attacked by the most and yeah as exos has said like the game is not very balanced right now like at all so they really need to change something very soon then like as you're building you know these bases like what kind of attacks are you really kind of prioritizing defending against since you know there's so many options right now yeah i'm glad you asked that so right now like i was just thinking about that this morning as well and the attacks that I find myself prioritizing the most right now is probably like the Root Rider spam because a lot of people are doing that. And why I say this is because even in like community wars or like tournament wars, you have a lot of wars that go to 15-15, right? And when wars go to 15-15, it comes down to time. And in order to get a fast time, many people are going to try and do the Root Rider spam because that's a lot like it's a faster paced attack. Is, is there so many wars so far that ended up 15-15? Well, there's been a handful, yeah. There's, I mean, obviously, like you said, like when you make a mistake, it's not like it's still going to three-star. Like, if it's the smallest mistake, sure. But if, if you make a, like, a grave mistake, like if you like your queen dies at the start of an attack, then that will still defend. I don't want to argue against that the game is too <laughs> easy. Um, but I think I, we should have seen more 15-15s, in my opinion. Um, yeah, you're right. <laughs> 
I haven't followed all the streams um, in, in the past weeks, but I think at Tribe we got uh, we got like a 14 star yesterday. I had a stupid fail. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's still possible to fail, exactly. Uh, we, we always got 15, and I'm not sure why we are not seeing more 15-15 wars. I guess it's just when there's one tiny little mistake which can derail an attack, and I guess because pro attacks are so finely tuned, you know, whereas I guess the more casual player would just spam root riders, I guess you guys will obviously plan your attacks a lot more intricately, and then because of that, one tiny little mistake can really almost throw a spanner in the whole I thing. I agree with uh, Goddess in the chat. I think also that since people are only thinking about time, they are making they are getting in the rush and making easy mistakes, in my opinion. Mm. I have experienced yeah. the same myself. When we start the war after the first hit, it's only about yeah, tripling fast, and then you're not like choosing a plan which is like completely safe you're more about okay how can i make this attack as quick as possible and not as safe as possible and i think that is a mistake a lot of people are probably doing um, but i also want to um grab up a question from the chat um i think it was a few minutes ago um from krishnak um someone will always be unhappy with the balance of the game it's about finding the balance the the right balance to make the majority enjoy the game I disagree with that, and I think there have been also um, enough suggestions on how to improve the situation right now. Um, for example, there's the idea of making an esports mode um, that uh, the esports matches and stuff are played on like a different balance than, for example, the Legend League or and and all the normal clan wars. And I would really um, like such a situation. But to give a little bit of background um, in the chat, um, everyone, I mean, the reason why Superstar makes the game so easy is pretty clear. They have seen that after the um, all the events where they always introduce one troop that is completely OP, like in the Halloween, um, during the Halloween time or during the Christmas time, they, they've just seen that uh, numbers are uh, increasing. Players are just playing more time the game, spending more money for Supercell. Of course, um, it's in the end about making money with the game and then they make the game easier when they earn their more money. Um, on the other hand, um, with esports, it's kind of the opposite. Esports is more enjoyable uh, when their game is harder, um, and that's uh, why I would prefer to to get a the esports mode um, where we have just two different balances. I mean, of course, it's not ideal, but since in Clash of Clans, it's always like um, a, a player against the machine, and like the machine is the the village um, or the base, and that can copy can be copied by everyone. Um, that that is basically unique in Clash of Clans. In all the other esports games, you have player versus player. And then the defense part basically is also um, kind of uh, like actively skill-based. I don't want to talk down base building here, but a good base can be copied or brought by any anyone. Um, but like a defense, for example, from a Clash Royale pro player, not every casual can just copy the defense. And that's why we have this unbalance um, only in Clash of Clans um, because we have the, the this um, yeah unique type of game mechanic that it's not player versus player if they ever did go that route for a, a separate mode uh, what kind of differences would you would you want to see just this overall just change the balance and stats of you know most things or i think you can do it pretty easily and if you just say okay um we remove the damage and the uh, hit points of every troop by a certain percentage or we increase the damage and the health hit points of the buildings in the in the base by a certain percentage and then you don't have to look at every troop at the same time, and the balance, like the um, the ratios in, in which the troops and, and stuff are used, still remains the same, but uh, the defense is just stronger. 
And I think that would be also pretty easy to um, execute. Um, how would you feel about tournaments having a, like just uh, just restrictions not built into the game too, kind of similar to how uh, lower town halls will often do like you know, no no witches or no, no siege machines? Do you think something like that could work for Town Hall 16? I mean, this can work. Um, but the main problem that that we are having, um, it's it's not the root riders. They are way too strong, but they can easily be nerfed. But this is not solving the issue. We had that in the past as well. Dragon riders were way too strong, then they got nerfed. Super buffs were way too strong, they did not get nerfed. Um, the list can continue like that. Um, but the problem is just that the heroes are way too strong. And the heroes are getting stronger and stronger by every update. And I think that is the mistake Supercell did a few years ago. If you think back to Tunnel 10, in Tunnel 10, you put the queen into an archer tower and she was dead after 20 seconds. Now you put the queen like three point defenses. She's going to get healed up by the healer puppet, the unicorn. <laughs> and uh, she's just also in, 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 in the ratio, she's just so much stronger. Um, and, and with introducing the pets and the equipment and always the new hero levels, it's just completely off at the moment. A queen herself can get like 50% of the base. That was just not possible back then. And I think this is why um, the balance of other troops is not really that important. I mean, yes, root riders are way too strong, but if we only have root riders, it's not going to solve the issue. Then people are going to use super barbs or zablalo and still are going to triple every base. The problem are the heroes. The heroes are way too strong. Yeah, I agree with that, to be honest. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about the hero potion change then? Uh, considering heroes are too strong, but they did always take, you know, time a, a lot of time and investment to to get them up there. Mm -hmm. That's a good addition, in my opinion, because like that going back to like them trying to make the game better for casuals as well. Just the hero potion change, I think it's very good because I feel like a very good percentage of casuals are probably going to want to rush their account so they're at the highest level as well. And just having the hero potion, like even for that hour, them being able to experience the max level heroes. Because as you said, it takes a long time to upgrade them, right? So if they can just use the potion for an hour and get their heroes to the max level and just enjoy it like that, I think that's a good change. What 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 change? Like the hero potion allowing the heroes to be max no matter the level. No more plus five. Well, I don't see the advantage very, uh, of the hero potion pushing them up to a max level. It just gets them to be able to experience what it feels like to be a max player. Because it takes so long to upgrade heroes for the people who are just starting out. Do you think the hero upgrade is time is too long? Yes, but I think it's still yes. not fair if, if level ten heroes are gonna get boosted up to level ninety five. This is just, I think, uh, not rationally <laughs> explainable. Um, well, I think the biggest argument against it would be wall weights because in theory you can just have you know. Uh, oh. Very, yeah. very low level town hall, and then boost all your heroes up to. Yeah, I think this would just promote rushing. And I think rushing is not a good thing. I think people should learn from uh, like town hall to town hall um, how the game works, what mechanics are added, and what troops are added. And I think um, how the game does it here um, basically naturally uh, is, a, is a great way to get people into the game because if people start playing at town hall 16, they're not going to have a, a game understanding like people that have played every town hall um, from the bottom up. And I think uh, that, um, yeah, rushing is not a good idea um, for the game in like in, in total. I do agree, though, that the time should be shortened so that if people start, they have a like realistic chance to be maxed in like one or two years. Um, 
because if yeah we have a new tunnel every one and a half years it's or every one year at, at the moment it's just getting um yeah more and more and people are maybe less people are starting um because they can never re reach their max level um but i think supercell did that in the past already quite good to be honest yeah that's fair enough i i see the point you're coming from that that does make sense because like now if they want to just like if new players just want to experience max level heroes they're just going to skip through like the fundamentals of learning the new hero that they unlock per town hall and then they'll be missing a lot once they're at the max level so i've been wondering and obviously we talk about how uh supercell will probably nerf the root riders at some point i mean clearly they are too broken and even if they are trying to make town 16 a bit easier for the casual it's probably still going to get a change so are there any strategies you think other players should be learning now to kind of prepare for a root rider nerf is there anything that you think kind of hasn't been properly properly explored within town 16 yet i think to answer this question we are not uh, having to look into the future we should look at the past um there were always troops that were way too strong at a certain period of time but there is in my opinion two mechanics or armies that have been always very strong and this is on the one hand um lalo and on the other hand queen charge and i think there is a significant chance that those two armies will always work um, and that's why i can encourage everyone to learn those armies especially zeb lalo at the moment is crazy strong um, and i think um, it's also yeah quite fun to learn and because it's not just a brain dead put every troop in one line yeah and i think it's at the moment in a, in a state where, where everyone can learn it um, and everyone can triple with it um and yeah maybe build up a good basis for when the game gets harder again if it does <laughs> would you say learning like a queen charge is probably one of the more important things players should be doing yes like especially because we're gonna have a new queen equipment here sometime soon with the frozen one do you think that's gonna be like a massive game changer definitely yeah, definitely. Like from what what we've seen, it in the sneak peeks and stuff, and it definitely looks like it's gonna slow down buildings a lot, and then it's just gonna help you start off with queen charges. So like if you're not doing queen charges right now, I think it's gonna be very beginner friendly and help you get better at it because you're gonna have to obviously. It'll be better because with how they might do it is that you're gonna need less rage spells because your queen won't be undertaking direct damage if she's shooting that building. And I think that's just going to be really nice. Like also thinking about it from the other side too, are you just dreading having to defend against it? Uh, most likely, yes. Because even like single Infernos, you're going to have to, we're going to have to see like once it comes out, like if a queen is versus a single target Inferno, does she even need a free spell at that point? Like, can she just use her arrow, frozen arrow and get through it without any spells? Because that's just going to be really bad. Because then single Infernos are pointless as well. Because right now, the most times you see them is to stop queen charge angles. You're using singles to stop queen charge? I think it's only against root riders. I mean, yeah, right now, like in Legends especially, I think that most of the people are having like those ring bases with single infernos. And I think they're just trying to cut down queen charge entries as well with that. If anything, I think multis might be better versus root riders. As a queen charge attacker, I can tell that singles are no problem at all. Um, I, I rather so? take a base with three singles than with three multis. The thing is, yes, the Queen Charge is weaker, but my backend Lalo is so much stronger when there's singles. My loons just don't die. I have it it's so often that my Queen dies after like getting 10% and I just still triple because I have so many spells in my 
uh, loons with rages and free spells are just yeah that's tough. true that's true with lalo it's like a lot of like penalties <laughs> yeah you should not have single infernos you're trying to defend lalo but yeah against queen charge root riders especially which is like probably the most common strategy right now in legends and yeah, i think like, singles are just like the best versus that it's like so toxic but even then it's still like not possible to defend all the angles with it that just shows how powerful queen charge and root riders both are right now yeah, I agree. So, uh, how much of a pain has it been to upgrade your equipment and still be available for competitive wars? So far, it was not really a problem since we had that many wars. But uh, when we are going to get into busier times again, I think this is going to be a huge issue. Um, and so that you, the fact that you are not going to get max until the end of the year. Uh, uh, I, I don't really like it at all. Uh, this is uh, also a problem for players that are getting new into the game. Um, how are they supposed to get next, even if they maybe not have an active clan that does clever wars every day and clan war leagues and, and stuff? Um, I'm not sure if that's a, a good idea. I mean, yes, okay, it keeps the max players busy, but not sure. I have no idea about the statistics, how many players are maxed, but I think that's probably only a few. Yeah, I do not like this either. Do you think there are better ways they could be kind of distributing the ores rather than just through clan wars and through the um star bonus? I, I, I think I clan think... games. Clan games? Yeah, because if you think about it, not everyone is like doing clan games to like four thousand points. Because I know myself, I'll admit it. Yeah, I just do the one challenge and I take all the credits for it. And but <laughs> I, I feel my like for years already. <laughs> yeah so i feel like it might be better if they have like some incentive to do more clan games and then as a reward you get some ores because like you'll have less players like me who just do one challenge and be satisfied with it i think um honestly the idea to give it through a star bonus clan wars and clan war leagues is in my opinion quite good um because it gets like clan wars and clan war leagues uh, another sense um or especially clan wars but uh, I think yep. it just should be way more um, so that you can make it max quicker and use the different equipments. Because um, at the moment, a lot of people cannot really choose from their equipments because the majority of them is uh, yeah, very underleveled. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, Supercell is always trying to achieve that, that all of the equipment is basically playable and everything is usable and that you can always adjust the equipment to the attack. Um, I think uh, for that, they, they should surely um yeah just give out way more ores um yeah what equipment have you each focused on so far um so personally i've maxed out my uh king gauntlet because i think we can all here agree collectively that the king gauntlet is the most broken equipment right now in the entire game absolutely yeah. and then i've also prioritized on my healing tome because i feel like that's probably the best equipment for the warden at least for me Alongside the Eternal Tome, obviously. So if I was to go in order of importance, I'd probably do King Gauntlet first, and then the Eternal Tome, and then the Healing Tome for the Warden. And I just feel like right now, the most effective equipment pieces are on the Warden, because obviously we haven't gotten much for the RC right now. And the King as well. I've seen some players use Vamp Stash, which has been like coming up like out of nowhere, because I swear I didn't think it was that good, but... Recently, I've seen a lot of air spam players having vamp stash on their king. So when he's walking around the outskirts of the base, 
he's like just not even taking any damage because the vamp stash is healing him for every shot he does. So that's actually a really good equipment if you're an air attacker. And for the queen, I haven't experimented much with it, but I maxed out my invisibility vial because I think that's still crucial if you're a queen charge or a Sui player. Having her just go invisible and do more damage is just very important in my opinion. I mostly agree with you, Lynch. Uh, yeah, on a queen, I think the healer puppet is great. Um, I've seen so many suicide attacks uh, or uh, hero dive attacks uh, where the, they send the heroes into the base, pop the queen ability, and then they have a queen charge going on. <laughs> mm. um, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree, though, that the invisibility is the most important, of course, on the queen. Uh, I think there will be no way around it, um, uh, no matter what you do. Um, yeah, for sure, the gonglet is the most important thing. So um, that that's also correct. Uh, I also create up the healing tome a little bit, but for Queen Charge Lalo, I think the health boost is just more important. Um, otherwise, the loons just die immediately. Um, and yeah, uh, I, I also max out the two RC um, abilities uh, and the King Rage as well. So the two pieces of equipment, neither of you mentioned there, were the earthquake boots and the giant arrow. Have either of you really found like an application for them at all, or do you think they're mostly useless? Mm, I think maybe the earthquake boots, maybe they could be usable for air spam as well. If you don't bring wall breakers and the king just opens the wall and you pop the ability, uh, frozen error, no. Important thing to keep in mind with the earthquake boots is that like they might not be the best at tunnel sixteen right now just because we have more access to better equipment. But I think for lower tunnels, earthquake boots is like one of the first ones you start off with, so it's going to be really important for those players who are emerging from lower town halls. And I can mm. I haven't experimented with it myself, but I'm pretty sure at the lower town halls, it's like really good. So. It just honestly depends on what town hall you're at as well with the equipment. And as far as the frozen arrow goes, I've heard it's really good at town hall 12, especially. I don't know why, but I've had a few friends tell me it's really broken at town hall 12. When you're building town hall 16s, do you even care about lining stuff up for the giant arrow? Um, at the moment, no, to be honest, because I haven't seen anyone do it except like Cynthia in a creative war. But I don't think anyone is going to be that much into doing fancy stuff. Yeah, there are many synthies in this world. And the basis that he sells an RH, he, he keeps an eye on that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let me get back to my list of questions. Um, okay. Uh, what do you think are the most common mistakes people make when they're attacking? Not using the gonglet. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> I think maybe like not paying attention to small factors like time because I've seen a lot of time fails recently and I feel like also having spotters obviously helps with this but you need to be having a close eye on time because even some of the most broken troops in the game right now like root riders are also getting close on time because of how slow they are so I think that's the most common mistake people make right now. Just in kind of in terms of your clash lives i guess how much time are you guys spending on clash i don't know each day and that that includes you know practicing base building doing whatever you do just generally clash stuff i'll let you start Axel. 
No, 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 you started. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna set the bar higher. So basically, you know, I'm I'm a high school kid, so I have a lot more free time, like I said before. And yeah. I just wake up, I go to school, get everything done, and maybe I have some homework assignments at night. But other than that, all I do is play Clash and then hang out with some friends after school if time allows for it. Because sometimes there's a lot of work from school, especially because I'm in my junior year. And But yeah, on a roughly estimate, I do still invest like about three hours every day because I have legend hits and stuff and just casual and like building bases, obviously. And yeah, so I would say around a good three to four hours per day. Exercise, do you match that? Do you, do you, beat, do you beat Ninja or are you a bit less? I am below. Do, do you think I'm going to beat you or I am below? Below. Um, yeah, so I've measured that <laughs> over the whole past year. Um, I mean, not like continuously, but I've always, since mm. this is one of the most asked questions I always get, also from my real life friends. Um, I always yeah, look um, on my iPad, you can see the screen time um, yeah. from the past week or from the past 10 days. And I've been keeping an eye on that, um, like for all the times, for the off season, for the normal season, for the world's preparation. Um, and of course, it like shifts from time to time. But I have to give you guys a little bit of a background for that. So I am a uni student. I, I am a marathon runner. I am uh, wow. working for, uh, for uh, um, um, not sure what the proper term is in um, in English, but I have like a student club where I'm, um, yeah, right, yeah, uh, leading leading some teams, and and uh, I'm also have a job at uni where I'm a tutor, um, so I have some things also going on besides clash, yeah. <laughs> and um, I've I've been trying to like maximize or like to um to maximize my uh, efficiency when i'm playing clash so that i invest uh, a few only few time but still not um get worse on my skill level um so in the past it's always been um like i think on average the past year between one and one and a half hours per day wow did in in kind of like when Clash Worlds is on and when you're preparing for the World Finals, obviously I assume uh, you are a bit above and a bit more there, probably yeah. like three or four hours a day. So similar to what Ninja said. Did you struggle kind of balancing uh your university life and all your other things you've been doing alongside Clash at that point? You know when things got quite busy, or did you generally kind of cope with it okay? Um. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I, um, it, it was kind of a challenge, but I think this is also one of my strengths to um, manage my time uh, efficiently to the different tasks that I have. Uh, and, and I forgot, I'm doing an internship at the moment. For, oh my God, so you're doing everything. <laughs> um, it was quite uh, challenging this year. Um, it was uh, harder than the, the year before because uh, my exams are always in mid-December. And as uh... you guys all know, the championship was in the end of November. Not great timing. That <laughs> was not good a time, not, not a good timing. But I've been doing it like this. So I always wake up, do a few hours stuff for uni, and um, like especially when we're talking about the world's prep, I set myself like a, a time which was always like five p.m. And after five p.m., I stopped my uni work and started the cash prep, basically. Um, and but I also have to say. I cannot play efficiently for five hours straight. Um, my brain power just lags after a few hours, and 
I think it makes no sense to play when you're not 100% focused. And, and, and therefore, I, I also stop then um, when, when it's not efficient anymore. Or maybe I watch some, I also basically never watch streams or videos from other wars. I, only sometimes to get some ideas for my, my own attacks. Um, but that's also why I'm lacking a bit of what's going on in the scene. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it was quite challenging, especially the two weeks between uh, Worlds and my exams. Uh, I was sitting in my room for <laughs> 24 hours, basically, uh, learning. <laughs> um, but um, in the end, it turned out all great. And um, I will continue the same this year. But um, this year, it's also going to be more chilly uh, since I'm in an exchange semester or a semester abroad in the US. Um, oh, uh, nice. From, from July on. And uh, since people are only chilling there, I, I will be as well. Is uh just just out of interest, what what degree are you doing at university? I'm in, um, doing business administration, um, bachelor. Very nice. Uh, those of you guys in in the live audience right now, uh, if you have questions you would like uh, our guests to answer, uh, go ahead and put them in the chat now, and we're gonna spend our last couple minutes uh, going through those. Uh, Hartek is asking what the average legend league trophy loss is at the moment in different ranges. If you guys want to address that. I probably lost on average to eighty to ninety. God. Um in the end, like the last week. What what kind of trophy range is that in? Six thousand. Oh wow. Not doing too bad then. <laughs> um but yeah, already this week I, I had a, a minus <laughs> like last season, um it was really bad, especially because like a lot of pros were pushing and I think this season there are as well. But like when the entire community is pushing, like pro community included, it becomes a lot harder to defend, obviously. But also right now, like when there's a lot more casuals also pushing, which is nice to see, and also not nice to see because on average, um, just getting destroyed on defense. And to say the least, uh, minus 270 is like as good as a minus 220 at Town Hall 15 for me right now. So yeah, the average has definitely been a lot higher right now. And I'd say that anything below a 280 and you should be happy because as far as as long as you can do good on offense that's the only way you can probably gain cups right now um we haven't had a lot of town hall 16 legends seasons yet but like how high in trophies uh where do you think the divider is between you know more casual and more and more serious players i mean that shifts shifts of course uh, in the beginning of the season it's lower and then it's uh, like a linear function going up day by day um, so I think at the moment we are past the first week of the season. Not sure. Probably the um, pros are at the moment at like five, five, five point five, five point six cups. Um, in the end of the season they are though at six point six cups, for example. So yeah, like for quick reference, if you look right now, you won't be able to see stars with any accounts at the top right now because of how shaky it can be at the start of the season. So like. Always we see stars in like top 10 with all of his accounts in the past, yeah. like, however we know how many months. But right now, he's not up at all. So honestly, it depends on the time of the season as well. And even last season, if you look closely, there's a few casuals that are sneaking into like top 50, top 100. So it shows that you can still also get high as long as you're putting in the hours, you know, working hard on offense and getting a little bit lucky on defense as well. Yeah. yeah. Or if there's an event going on. Yep, yes. Very important <laughs> to mention that as well. Goddess asked, um, 
whether you guys could talk about the viability of the quote fire in the can uh warn equipment that was kind of well leaked but also shown in the promotional video that came out for the new skins or whatnot recently uh have you guys both seen that to double check um, yes yes cool. I have. Uh, there is a there is a video in the chat, Exodus. If you want to take a quick look, that Goddess kindly put in, but then she can take it away. I am very confused when I first saw that, but also it makes sense because the warden doesn't have an epic equipment yet, and it looks like that's an epic equipment because right now, yeah. if you look at that, it looks like you can just press a button on the warden ability, and then it's just gonna unleash a fireball like. It looks very weird because I'm wondering how can you like even control where that cannon or fireball is going to go because if you press on it and the warden's looking in a completely different direction than you, most of your troops, then like does it hit it on the right side or like straight ahead with the main pack? Like that's what I'm confused about. But honestly, I don't know if it's going to be stronger than the healing tome or the rage tome right now because. They're very strong, like even though they're not epic. And maybe this is also not even epic, but that would be my assumption because they said they're releasing epic equipment soon. Yeah. And one of the talks Darian had with a streamer. Next up, uh, Drac is asking, what changes would you want to make to the base editor so a casual player might be more likely to actually start building stuff? Is there anything you think they could do to improve the way we build bases to maybe get more people actually doing it? Um... Hmm. I think maybe they can involve like a set of preset builds that you might be able to implement into the base. So like, I know, for example, for people who I've worked with helping build bases and stuff in like RH coaching sessions and stuff, like what might help is just having a starting foundation to work with. And if there's just like a few options that Supercell implements to help provide for someone in the base editor to have to just throw on in and then build off of that. I think that could be a good addition to get more people to build bases because then they obviously have a starting foundation and they can build upon it. Well, I'm not going to build bases in my life anymore. So IQ, uh, IQV asked how you guys are managing the kind of war, friendly war tournament situation as obviously you want to be playing in wars because you need the oars, but then you can't do wars and friendly wars at the same time. So how are you guys kind of managing that to make sure you're still getting enough ores to upgrade your equipment um yeah so at the moment we don't have that many wars but um, when it gets more we will just try to schedule a lot of wars uh, uh, at one day um and then we can spin random wars for the rest of the week that's similar to us we're just trying to schedule a bunch of wars on the weekend so that during the weekdays we can just spin regular wars but yeah there's going to mm. be a point where this is just going to get repetitive and get used to it but still it's like I feel like they could fix it, and I really hope to do. Yeah, I mean, notably, you can obviously do friendly wars during Clan War League, so I imagine the functionality exactly. is still more there yeah. to implement it, so hopefully that will be a change we see in a future update. Yep, hopefully. So if anyone has a last-minute question they want to shove in now, or if Exis or Ninch, do you have anything to kind of add yeah. to top it all off? I have a question. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? And why is it the oh, Chiefs? <laughs> yeah, you, you guys want to talk about actual football, right? None of this American stuff. Come on. <laughs> I would like to talk about American stuff. Actual football? I mean, you're probably a Manchester United fan, right? No, 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 no. Newcastle. Okay. 
Yep. Oh, terrible, terrible, terrible. Out of this voice. <laughs> well, who, who do you support then? Yeah, I'm a fan of Hoffenheim, you know, it's a small German really? club. Really? Oh, very, very good. I, I thought, I just seemed you were going to say Bayern Munich and I was going to be very disappointed, but no, that's actually fair enough. Uh, I mean, internationally, I'm always supporting the German teams. Um, yeah, for sure. But that that can't be an enjoyable experience recently. Um, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit boring in Germany that uh, <laughs> that, that always um, Bayern Munich is going to win. But yeah, this this season we have quite quite a good um, quite a good league with Leverkusen being so strong. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's actually interesting to watch. I mean, obviously, everyone over here is making fun of the fact that Harry Kane has gone to Germany, gone to Bayern, and actually might not win a trophy still, which yeah. is quite funny yeah, over yeah. here. Funny. Can't take the Spurs out of a man. I mean, it's not about Kane. He's performing great. Yeah, no, he has been very good. Uh, but yeah, okay. I think that mostly takes us to the end. So, um, Ninja, Exodus, thank you guys so much for coming oh, to talk to us for this hour. In the chat. What do you think oh, the right. game can do to never okay. to help newer people improve or even get good enough to approach the pro level? Ninch, you're gonna answer that question. <laughs> mm. So, <laughs> the game right now, they're doing exactly That's this. The one. What you want to yeah. do, you want to grab some root riders, you want to grab on and get a team built together. And you want to drop the root riders down in an attack. And then <laughs> this is going to help your team do good. And then they'll win wars. And then as a result of winning wars, they'll be doing good and they'll win tournaments. And if they win tournaments, then you're going to be more popular. You're going to be better at the game and you're going to be world yeah. level. So right now it's the best time to do it. And we'll deal with what happens if they hopefully nerf root riders later. So you heard it here first, because if you want to go to Helsinki next year or this year, you just got to place root riders in one spot and you're through. That's yes, it. sir. Yes, sir. Perfect. It's a great I'm idea I'm, right now. I'm glad the skill level is so high this year. I think the game can't really do much to promote newer players. I think it's more about the players have to do something to get into esports. And I think if you have a nice team or you're grinding and, and getting better and better every day, I think um, everyone can make it. And... Uh, yeah, you should just um, not, never stop trying. Yeah, exactly. And like the most important thing with this is that you need to just keep playing tournaments. Even though if you're losing, you're going to get some experience. And trust me, I've been there and like losing is not a good feeling. But it just helps that when you have a good group of friends that you're playing with, that's also important because then that makes you more passionate about the game. And once you're more yeah. passionate about the game, you automatically start learning more about it and then you start do, start doing well as well. So it's all about finding like four other people who are on your similar skill level even, and then you can still get higher in like the tournaments and stuff by just playing and getting better together instead of, because you gotta remember it's a team game and not a one person game. So you need to make sure you have, you're surrounded by good people in order to do good as well. You're right, you have to enjoy the game and do the strategies that you enjoy that are fun, because in the end, if you don't have fun, you're not gonna be good. And a relay question here. Um, the game should be in incentivizing people to learn the attacks. I mean, currently that's what they pretty much, they have a practice section in the attack um, area where you learn new strategies. Mm -hmm. like but that Queen has Charge not been updated and... for ages. That has not been updated, yes. But I think currently the really most recent to... one is a, it's a Tunnel 13 hybrid. Tunnel right? 13, yeah. yeah. They really need to update that. What's going on? Well, when the last right. time was I used Miners. 
<laughs> to be fair, I have actually been using hybrid recently, and it's not bad. It's not bad with the healing zone. Have you been to LCG? But, uh, well, uh, look, I'll be there this year. I promise you. Yeah, I've got, I've got my tips from Ninja now. Just see the place route riders all in one yeah, spot. Sure. So I, I'm gonna be there. <laughs> I, I will see you all there. Just gotta find four more people from chat now. Well, hopefully, we've inspired some future, some future pro players here today with uh, the expert advice of spamming route riders. Um, but as long as haven't missed any more final questions, I think this will be a good point to uh, actually <laughs> wrap up. So once again, Ninjexus, thank you guys so much for joining us today. It's been really fun just talking about everything to do with the attacking and base building meta. And obviously you, you guys offer uh, a great insight, which not many people can. Not many people have been on big stages playing Clash of Clans. So obviously it's been really great to get that different different perspective. I want to say thanks to Hardcheck too for arranging this. Um, you know, shout out to RH Base Building too. You can support them. It's uh, the creator code RHBB, and uh, yeah, um, anyone who wants to to check out RH Base Building, it's uh, rhbasebuilding.com. <laughs> Pretty easy to see. Uh, you buy bases, get coaching. Uh, they do p- Patreons, whole lot to offer. So go ahead and check them out. Thanks for arranging all this, and and thank you too for giving us an hour of your time and answering all our questions. Uh, we yeah. really appreciate it. Yeah, also um, I really enjoyed it. it. Was was great fun, and uh, yeah, thanks for having us. No, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining. Uh, and yeah, Rick, thank you for also uh, joining in. And yeah, we will see everyone probably in two weeks for another episode. Thank you all for listening. All right, that'll do it, everyone. We'll see you in two weeks ish. Probably, maybe. We'll see. Bye. <laughs> all right, bye. All right, bye bye. Bye bye.